Here we'll like pour some crispy true history. It just spilled on the table. Oh my god. Oh wow. Robbie, that's Rob. all over my foot. My we're, <laughs> we're the fucking worst bartenders you've ever seen. <laughs> but we're good podcasters. Welcome to Too Many Jams. It's a show about all things 20-year-olds. With help from friends, experts, and our own personal so experiences. Hard. We hope to shed some light on those issues that leave our age group lost and confused. Robbie, sorry I sniped that intro, but uh you were pouring a beer. I was busy pouring a beer on all over my feet. lap. <laughs> hey, you don't talk yet. Oh, sorry. I do this every time. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, we're in the studio here. We got producer Kev on the far wall. We're sipping. Uh, <laughs> we're sipping our True History beer because we have an exciting announcement today. Uh, Cheers. Today's the official launch of the True History Mystery. And what is the True History Mystery? Well, funny you ask, Rob. <laughs> Uh, the True History Mystery is a chance for you lovely listeners out there to get your hands on some crispy suds. How do I'm you looking do at it? you, Cayman. Cayman, I'm looking at you. We also got to get you on the podcast. I know you reached out drunk the other night. with a, you, Cayman slid in my DMs late night the other night, Did like he? 12 or 1, just saying, Sands and I are coming on the pod. Make it happen. <laughs> All right. Yeah, so right. I'll, I'll appreciate the late night sliding. But anyway, for for anyone out there that wants to get their hands on some true history, we're going to have a really simple challenge uh, to give it to you. Listen Robbie, up. Listen up. Chad's about to explain it to you. What were you going to say, Robbie? I, I, I was going to say, Robbie and I are going to take a true history sticker mm-hmm. into the downtown core of Toronto, mm-hmm. stick it on something, Yep. And th- and all you have to do is find it. <laughs> Take a picture with it and send it to True History Brewing on Instagram. The first person that does that wins not only 12 full tall boys of True History, they also get their very own wrist and rye bracelet and they will get their own uh, winner's announcement on the pod. With a guest slot. With, with a guest slot that they can bring on if they don't want to do where it Where the beer and the bracelet gets presented yes. to Yes, where we'll chug, celebrate, and present some silky wrist wear. Okay, that sounds so pretty tight. We have a code word. <laughs> we have a code word. And what is the code word? The code word is Rose Dolphin. <laughs> and is there a, there a hyphen there? Is there capitals? A lowercase one word. Rose Dolphin. Rose like the flower. Dolphin like the porpoise. <laughs> <laughs> exactly how it sounds and would be spelled. Uh, one you- word. All you have to do is DM it to True History Brewing. And from there, True History will then provide a riddle some sort of clue that will lead you towards where the sticker is located in the downtown core. So pretty simple. Yeah. The the degree of difficulty on this clue slash riddle is going to be about a two out of eight, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Very beginner, intermediate, beginner, intermediate level clue. So yeah. he's going to tell you exactly where it is. It's going to be in a cool spot. Uh, we don't want to make this too hard, but if we made it too easy as well, you wouldn't appreciate uh, drinking it as much because the amount of work that goes into making a beer, we want to make sure whoever gets it truly appreciates it. it. So cheers to our sponsor, True History. Cheers, cheers to, our to sponsor, the True History Mystery. The True History Mystery, our sponsor, Wrist and Rye, for the bracelets, for supporting this podcast. And uh, before we introduce who our very special guest, as you probably know from the title, um, uh, we just want to say... Uh, no, that's it. Um <laughs> <laughs> 
I was going to say we want to talk about our show this last weekend, but Kristen was at it. So let's just introduce Kristen. Okay, yeah, we can introduce. Yeah, so our guest this week, she's been on the show multiple times before. You may recognize her. She was also our housemate, Mm -hmm. Kristen. Hi. (laughs) House activist, vegan, Mm -hmm. borderline lesbian. um, What? (laughs) No? Where does the lesbian part come in? Oh, okay. Maybe I just got confused with the terms out there. There's a lot going on these days. A lot of terms. Lesbian isn't one of them, but that's all right. Scratch, strike that from the record. All good, Um, all good. And uh, so, yeah, Kristen's our roommate. Kevin's also our roommate. So we're doing kind of a house pod today. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, Kristen, you were at our show. I was. On Friday, our John Famous show. And I got to say, Rob, that was probably the craziest show. Yo, that was nuts. Energy was right. Energy was so right. It was, uh, you know, what, it was, it was so our second time playing Norse's yep. party. Yep. I think uh, in, that one tops last year, and we had fucking great things to say about last year's show as well. Um, it was crazy in there. Like he brought out a huge crowd, and everyone was so into the music. It was super fun playing. He there. brought them, and we fucking rocked them. Mm-hmm. Our, our second time playing the pilot, but I'm uh, sorry, playing Norse's show, but maybe like what our sixth or seventh time playing the pilot? Mm-hmm. Maybe uh, more. I'd say maybe four or five, but yeah. Yeah. Um, it, like we, what we did this time is we knew the energy of the event, so we prepared for it. Mm-hmm. We got a sound guy, we got some good musicians to play with us. We prepared um, live versions of some of our originals because the fans are just begging for them. Mm-hmm. And. Um, we had such a fun show. Everyone was so drunk. We had guys on guys' shoulders, shirtless. We had the front row was a bunch of people that all knew the words to our originals. Um, they had the, us play it twice. Yeah. Our one original song. They had to play us twice. You know what it felt like? End. It felt like uh, we were small scale, super famous. Do you know what I mean? Like it was it was 150 people. Yeah. It felt like we were super famous for 150 people. Now we just have to like figure out how amplify to do that for that. yeah we just, just gotta like multiply that we just gotta keep that. like and also that people bigger. that aren't directly friends with you <laughs> right. it's true, it's true. Right. we gotta right. expand outside of our friend group but we just wanted to give a shout out to that event because james norris was a previous podcast guest um and an avid listener so shout out to james shout out to james thanks so much for having us um super fun mm-hmm. super fun and uh hopefully now we can explode out of the friend group and do budweiser stage for your party next year like you said Definitely. We'll have you on stage and we'll make everyone, we'll make it into John Famos at Budweiser stage featuring James Norris annual going away party. Where does he go every single year? Back to the UK. That's Ah. where he lives. I went to it and I didn't even know who he was, but thanks James Norris. Yeah. James, you had to work on security there. There was a lot of people in there that were not friends with you. But (laughs) No, don't work on security because it's only money coming. (laughs) You know what? You know what? Actually, there is uh, the people that weren't friends with him that had just sort of wandered in. They were asked, they came up to me, like, th- there must have been, like, two guys oh, that came up from to me Brazil? afterwards. Yeah, from Brazil, they're like, oh, like, do you guys play here every Friday? Or, like, they're asking us when, when we're playing next because That's they had awesome. such a good time. I was like, out. dope. Thanks the one for- <laughs> girl barely knew a lick of English. That's when you know it's good. <laughs> she came right up. She's like, I leave Brazil. Don't do the accent. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know how to do without the accent, but she's like, I leave Brazil. Oh, you're still doing it. <laughs> How do you do? Okay, this Just is Just say it. what she said with your voice. Uh, oh, you're struggling so hard. I can't. I can't. Oh I can't. It, it just would sound weird, but basically she was trying to she say that she- was just excited about the show. She just got here from Brazil, but right. she basically said she's leaving to Brazil next week. Amazing. Uh, but I'm like, she's like, I leave Brazil today. I'm like, 
you okay you just got here okay you don't like that do you i don't love it is it because it's on fire down there and you i mean also that also just a terrible accent yeah, or you know what? It, it's it distracting from the story. You're, kind of you're, you're like you're kind of like Twenty Two Drum Street, where he's like, um, he's like, you're, you're so much detail, <laughs> so much. Tell him about this story. Um, it's like there was Boots and Dora. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think her name was Dora. Um, oh but the uh, yeah, so Kristen is uh, very environmentally conscious. She's also our resident emotional counselor. Relationship uh, yeah, advice, so. um, but what's happened since the last time she's come on is a lot of cool career moves. Um, Thanks, and I really want to talk about that as well. But let's let's get right out on the table on what you did last week. You were protesting. Yeah, so I'm not sure if your listeners all are up to date, but basically what happened in Brazil. So that was actually a really hilarious, um, offensive segue. But um, <laughs> uh, what happened was is the Amazon uh, the Amazonian rainforest in Brazil was set on fire for cattle ranching and making room for um, growing crops to feed cattle. Um, it's a practice that actually happens all the time, but because the leaders in Brazil um, have started to deregulate how they do it. They've been doing it a lot more irresponsibly and at like double, triple the rate that they were doing it even oh, last wait, this year. This wasn't like a natural forest fire? No. This was people burning plots of land? So the rainforest doesn't naturally yeah. burn because of how, uh, how wet it is. Mm. So there aren't fires that happen naturally in rainforested areas. The only way that they burn is by being set fire with... Human, human yeah human and what, was, what was that analogy you told me the other day so you were saying before it was being burned at this percentage and now it's like it was yeah, some, yeah, some sort yeah. of comparison to like a football field right or something. exactly so basically before it was already um the destruction was happening at an incredible rate so basically our, our demand for meat products um mainly cow so cattle um spikes the demand there's like not enough land to take out or to to have these cattle grazing yeah why are they grazing cattle down there because there's the space and because they have a market for it, there's such a high demand, they know they can make money from it. So okay. what happens is, is initially, this was about a year and a bit ago before the current president Bolsonaro was elected. Um, what they said was about once every minute, uh, the equivalent of a football field, like a stadium field was uh, like bulldozed or set fire to, or basically deforested every single minute, um, which is a pretty incredible figure. So every single minute that amount of, um, rainforest was destroyed and now it's basically gone gone to three times that much so it's three um football fields a minute yeah so i didn't know that at all and that's not at all like what the uneducated eco person like myself would i thought that there was a forest fire like they had in la right and i thought that it only started because they had cleared so much rainforest that right it was just like worse circumstances fields were able to catch fire that were right but it's probably progressing towards that true so basically because of human interaction the rainforest has been in a drier season than normal which has allowed it that's kind of why it's gotten out of hand because usually they do controlled burns where they'll kind of like rope off a selected part of land that they know that they need they'll set it on fire it's called like slash slash and burn that's like the technique Mm -hmm. that they use um but because of the drier conditions and because of again the deregulation they're kind of just like fuck it and they're way more irresponsible with their practices so that's why that coupled with how dry it's been has made it way worse so it's been burning for over three weeks now and the government has refused any outside aid um, recently they've sent in a few, like, I think it's like 40,000 troops to help. Um, but they're not accepting any international aid. So like Leonardo DiCaprio started an organization called earth Alliance, the G seven summit, 
um, offered, I think, $20 million to help, but the Brazilian government said no because they didn't want um, international people meddling. They said it was like colonialism and making it into like this victim thing. I saw the, the Canadian government pledged $15 million yeah. yesterday or so somewhere So the Brazilian government lines. is like really hesitant to take any international aid because they think it's like us um, interfering in the lives of Brazilian people and kind of like forcing our our views on the Brazilian government. Well, yeah, okay. But it's, it, it is and it isn't. It isn't 100% actually because the rainforest, although it is within the confines of the Brazilian border, the Brazilian rainforest plays a role for all of us. So 20% of Earth's oxygen is created by rainforest. So although it is like within their borders, we all have a stake in its survival. So yeah, it's, it's just more not, of an ego thing at this point. And this is, is uh, sorry, sorry. And, yeah. and this is strictly just for space for cattle because with like a slash and burn method, I can't imagine that the land is quite like habitable or yeah. good for these cattle to really right. so live it's both, off of. It's both to be to eventually afterwards. turn into grazing land, but it is also. Um, to make room to like plant things like soy and corn and wheat to then feed to the cattle. So it's both grazing land, which, yeah, again, like I'm not really sure the specifics of like what there is for them to graze on. Like they yeah. probably feed, they, they feed them the soy and corn. It's more just like for them to, to have space basically. Yeah. But yeah, it's pretty crazy stuff. So going off of Trav's point, um, I was really upset when I heard about this, obviously, because I also worked as an international tour guide in Central and South America for quite a few years. So I've been to the rainforest in Ecuador as well as, um, well, I guess I didn't go to the, the rainforest when I was in Brazil, but I have been to Brazil and was really emotionally affected by seeing that millions of animals were being burned alive and millions of like hectares of land. It was just like really upsetting for me. So um I follow quite a few environmental groups on Facebook and they said that the, the one pledge that they were going to do internationally was everyone was going to go to the Brazilian embassies or consulates in every major city around the world to put pressure on the Brazilian government and basically hold them accountable that they weren't going to get away with this because they'd suppressed the media for about two weeks. Nobody had heard about it for the first two weeks. So, um, yeah, I went down as a Bay and Bloor brought like six different signs. I had like five different people from my Instagram that came out, which was really exciting. Nice. Uh, <laughs> and yeah, I was there for like two and a half, almost three hours before I had to jet off to an interview. But um, yeah, it was really, it was really awesome. You guys got in the mix there, you're blocking traffic. Yeah, I was such a shit disturber. It was honestly super powerful though, because to be honest, like majority of people we got out of the entire time that I was there, I was standing almost in the middle of the road every time there Slow was. Slow it down a little Am bit. Am I talking really quickly? You're like chipmunk speeds oh, right shit. now. Shit. I'm so excited. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll slow down. So basically, um, okay, you're not for us. Okay, go, yeah, no, I know. Between. <laughs> I'll find a happy medium. I was standing in the road, yeah, um, with a sign saying like "honk" to show your support for the Amazon. And out of the entire time that I was standing out, ninety nine point nine percent, I was getting honks. People being like, "Good work, great job." Every time there was a red light, people were being like, "What are you guys doing? Like, this is awesome." And we had one guy who was in this like really nice car in like a black suit and he gave us the middle finger and told us to F off. And I was like, oh man, like what's a, why would you not, like why do you want the Amazon to burn, my dude? Yeah, my dude, what's, <laughs> you're like, you got you got money, like. Yeah, like you're, you're gonna be fine. You're, yeah, but, like, uh, hmm. no, it's more like you got money, like don't you wanna like live longer, have your kids enjoy some of these yeah. spoils as well? Like, I think a lot of people just see it as like public disturbance and they're kind of like, oh, why don't you just like mind your own business? Oh yeah, kind like of if thing. I was on my way to a dentist appointment and yeah. I saw you guys in the street, 
But to be fair, we weren't there for longer. It didn't hold anyone up for longer than it was like less than five minutes. So we let like the 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 street like the walking signs go twice, and then we got out of the way. So it wasn't a big enough disturbance that people were like, "Oh my god!" And most people, when we were doing our chants, were like honking along and had gotten out of their cars to take pictures and Mm. stuff like that. So it wasn't a very negative environment at all, which I was really really happy to see. And there was age groups from like. There was two moms that had brought their kids, and then there was also like retirees. Like there was a huge age range. Which well, just awesome. like some uh, somebody's got to do it. Yeah, and it's not me. It's, I mean, it could be you. I know, but it's not. I'm not going to go to well, that. It's not if you have that kind of attitude. And though. I'm happy. <laughs> I'm happy that you and all those people go down there. Right. But I honestly think that even if you would drop by, though, if you were like, let's say you were on your way to something, I, I was on the way to the my gig. Oh, you still didn't come? Uh, no, you guys wrapped it up. You okay. guys didn't have the 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 longevity longevity to, to meet your schedule exactly. Okay, next time. Um, but I do think that even if you weren't there to like hold a sign, um, it is like a really infectious energy to be around people that like genuinely care about the same things and that are like really fired up to defend defend the planet. And it's how many sweet. people were there? So when I first got there, it was me and this one other young kid. I think he was like probably like eighteen or nineteen. His name was Noah. And then right out, because I came about half hour early. And then after that, it kind of ramped up to, I think, probably at max, maybe like 80 people. I'm really bad oh, wow. at understanding numbers, though. Or not understanding, but like guessing, because we were all kind yeah. of spread out by the end. People were on the other side of the street. But I'd say it was kind of like a flux between like 60 and 80 people. Kev was going to come, Kev was gonna I, I come except keys. Kristen lost his keys right before he left. So. <laughs> I mean, he could have taken the subway. So <laughs> if the Amazon burns, it's really because you lost his keys and one less body was there. Right. Yeah, that's totally fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll blame that on you. So right, I'll take the hit. But, okay, so, so, oh, wait, do you have another comment on this? Well, just that, you know, we can we can move on from it because unless you have something else. No, I was going to say, let's move on to the next topic about. That's what? why we're on the same page. Okay. But what I wanted to say <laughs> was in relation. It was a good transition. Okay. Um. You've always been like this. Yeah, you've known me for a really long time. Right. Um, and I've always had a... Uh, I obviously care about... The, I've never... I'm not a litterer. I wouldn't burn stuff or throw things in a lake. Yeah. Or, but uh, I, like, I, I'm a very just stay in my own lane type of guy though right yeah. like i you're doing the least but you're not doing nothing i'm I'm not doing i'm doing the least you're not doing negative yeah i'm not doing negative i'm doing the right. least i can do to not be negative right um but i've always that. had a different opinion than you about mm-hmm. change i've always thought like okay it's great you're not a poser this stuff proves that you're not a poser right that's really what it's always been to me that you really do care mm-hmm. that's that's a proof but I genuinely never really thought that these these eighty people protests. You're not sure what like the effect would come right, from, right? Enough for a guy like me who is not genuinely that passionate about it to really right. get involved with. You just like you like nature and you like natural spaces, like yeah. you like dirt biking, you like going to your cottage. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if my dirt bike's electric. So you know, right. sh- shout out the future yeah future but sponsor Tesla. of electric. Yeah, <laughs> um, but the, the 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 thing I've always told you is I've I. I've been like, I think if you really want to make a difference, you have to find a way to make yourself either successful, mm-hmm. well-known, popular on a pedestal. Right. You need to Im- impact a like lot a more platform. people than the ground. Because uh, unfortunately, right. just like in, in, in wars, like the ground troops, yeah, they make a small little impact, but unless right. they're organized in large swaths, swaths with, with direction, with money, right. like um, <clears throat> at least for you to individually make a big impact. Right. Totally. And and that kind of led to a bunch of conversations about like you struggling with 
beliefs about becoming successful beliefs about capitalism yeah well i feel like it it always ran in contradiction to what i wanted because i was kind of like okay well i want people to consume less i want people to be more conscious i don't want to live in excess um i also I, i kind of always associated that with being financially stable and i was like if i am making all this money that i'm not doing it right because that means that i'm not like giving all my money away or like you know what i mean i had a very negative relationship with my with, with money and with success, because I kind of thought that it ran in opposition with my views. And now I've gotten to a point where I really feel like for me to make a difference in this world, I can't be running at 20%. I can't be just getting by, paying my bills, barely making rent um, with an Instagram account. Like that's just not going to cut it for me and for the impact that I want to have in the world. So I've really changed my money mindset to be like, if I, I think we need to have people that are socially conscious be rich. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if I did have a successful business and I was living with more than just getting by, I would be able to put so much more of that money, which I now see as energy. Yeah. I can put that energy into things that I really care about rather than me right now. Now that I'm building things, I'm I'm on that up. But um, like even a few months ago, really feeling like uh, money was kind of, evil but the, the thing is is it's not just uh, you because you, you struggle with it because of privilege right of course and i have a lot of privilege guilt that i'm working through. a lot of privilege guilt but like and, and there's a few different like touch points i want to talk about like your looks and instagram and all that stuff <laughs> um but because i'm so cute but like going going through this like as a friendship we're very we're identical people raised in just like the slight different way to take their exact same i mean identical people in terms of like pretty much upbringing our and upbringings are we very live up similar two blocks up the street of course yeah similar like socioeconomic Schools, status yeah, yeah, yeah. similar almost everything right um except we turn out completely so different so different cannot emphasize enough i have um, way bigger biceps though you can't see it on video but <laughs> these things are but crazy. i got b cups so yeah it's doing, true his tits do- are massive <laughs> But the uh, mostly nipple though. <laughs> <laughs> you like to you like to spread like absolute fucking <laughs> falsehoods. Okay, out well there. if anyone looked at your Instagram, it's like seventy seven pictures of you flexing like with a zero oxygen in your lungs. See, that's so, also so people know that you don't have big peptides. That's also nips, a f- you just all made up. I have like one a month, a okay. year. Anyway, uh, that's so, so wrong. <laughs> so we would have these conversations growing up, right? Yeah. And uh, and you did. We had great conversations actually. Yeah, sorry, you can finish your point. Well, it was just that I had a different idea. I was also wrong. You were wrong, but I was also wrong. Right. I was always like, I'm just going to get rich because that's what like life's about. The only about. thing matters is me because I'm going to die. Yeah. Like coming I, in this world alone, going out alone, like, baby. Not, like not quite that black and white, but I like, but it was just like, I want to be, get personally successful. Like right. I, I, I can't worry about all that. I got right. my whole life on my plate. I'll look after my family and then I'll look after the I world. I remember us having that conversation. Right. Yeah. And then you, you took this approach where you were really guilty about all that you had and that you, you, well, I just thought it came with a lot of responsibility. And I felt like if I grew up in, I think a lot of it came from my trip to Kenya that I went to in six, when I was 16 and I saw that the majority of the world lives below the poverty line and the majority of the world doesn't, didn't grow up how I grew up. And with that, yeah, I had to work through a lot of guilt, but then it also came with like, okay, well, if I grew up so comfortably, like I want to be able to give that back to some people and be able to, have an actual understanding of what it means to grow up but I, I, in Leaside with everything that I've ever wanted. Like that's not how everyone lives. I, but I think the point that I was I was trying to make, and I think somewhere where we're ending up now, was mm. that I felt it was even more disrespectful to have all those gifts, those privileges. And not become famous. <laughs> oh, not, <laughs> and not become famous. And not 
take advantage of them because right. the majority of the world, if you had that and was squandering it, right. would be way more upset than if you had that right. and made something. But we had a different understanding of what squandering and what success looked like. For me, success at that point didn't mean being. I mean, rich. like actively shunning the advantages you were getting. Right, but and I don't think I was doing that. You were, you were, you were doing a lot of that. No, because I, I guess we have a different understanding of it, but I think we just took, we took advantage of it differently and we differently, like definitely like looked at our positionality differently. Well, I, and I also, I came somewhere around the middle where I, I felt that, yeah, I do think my personal, I need to make sure I'm successful first. Right. I do still agree with that, mm. but I definitely doesn't, I don't think that means that I have to be completely de detuned to yeah. all this stuff. So like right. I've come to a point where, yeah, the environment isn't my passion. Right. All the stuff you're passionate about isn't my passion, but I definitely feel the need to support you, right. people like you. Definitely. I feel the need to, at the very least, I now recycle everything. Yeah. Um, and you're more engaged in conversations when I do bring it up rather than like, you'll admit like you're like, okay, this isn't exactly where my head's at, but like you'll listen to what I have to say rather than before you're like, I don't even get it. Like, I don't get why you care. And I'd be like. <laughs> I'm like, because I'm just looking at you. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, do something. I'm yeah. like fucking get get going. Right. And you're like, I'm going to Costa Rica to fucking like pet chickens for a month. Okay, that's not what I did. I, I know, took a really incredible course when I was down there. <laughs> and you're an asshole. Saying, from, from my perspective at the <laughs> right. time, right? Yeah, because you weren't listening to me. <laughs> um, and uh, but now, but now also, you've come somewhere near the middle where you, as, yeah. as you said, you've realized that yeah, more environmentally conscious people need to be rich. It's a shared sentiment with a bunch of people like yourselves, right? That you are genuine like mm -hmm. if you were the the if you were representing the liberal side in the states and in canada and More you were someone it, liberal but yeah it's not even because uh, liberal in the states is wealthy people that are just like misinformed and like i don't even know how to like i don't know I, my gen, and I, I feel like the the wealthy people in california from what i see are like the liberal movement in the states it seems not genuine. It seems misinformed. It seems totally. like they care and they think they care, but you would never attack someone or like bring them down. No, I see you what can you're see saying. You're okay. a real person. Right. Mm -hmm. And I, I, right. I can see where you're coming. So that actually, that's a really good point. And I have an example actually from the protest where I had, there was somebody that had come to the protest and it was her first protest. And she wasn't, she was very new to the movement and she had heard about it and it just absolutely infuriated her. It made her so angry and she felt all of these feelings. And she wrote this sign that was like quite strongly worded. It was like, if you burn our forest, like we'll burn all your money. Like F you, like, it was like really yeah. strongly worded. And I, and I told her, I was like, you know what? Um, I love your passion. I love your energy. And I love that you care so much about this, but we really want to invite people into this conversation. Right. We don't want to make right. people feel like people that are wealthy are the issue because to be honest, like we need people that have the money that are making the big influences in this country to care about this. And they won't care about this if we tell them that we're going to burn their, their money. Like, yeah. And also we're not going to burn their money because it's everyone's forest. Like we all need the rainforest and more of like a collective conscious rather than just being like this is we're, rich we're the hippies fault and or, like yeah, yeah. It's, it's capitalism like f you like there are obviously institutional issues with capitalism that have created inequities but attacking people that have gained success from that is not where we're going to find success and like making it like an us and them divide like you're never going to get anywhere with that i'm, and, ju I'm just thinking about how 
how much of an empty threat that is. Like, where is she going to... Well, gonna, that's why. And what, she ended up like, changing it. She ended up burn, changing her. Burn all this money. Like, well, what's her plan of action? Yeah. And that's why... But I understand... Well, the money's like, when, all plastic. But yeah, of course. But you understand... You like know melt. where I came from. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where when I was new to this whole thing, especially when I just turned vegan, and I really... I've always been kind of the weird one that was like picking up garbage, and I always brought my own like... When we used to go to like movies when I was a kid, I'd bring my own water bottle and stuff like that. But when I was learning more, of course, I was like so overwhelmed by the emotions that I was feeling and it kind of clouds your judgment a little bit. So I understand where she was coming from, but like it just, it's not a mechanism for change by making people feel like shit. And that's where I realized like that's where my business is coming from now, where I want to start a consulting company, where I, where I am starting a consult, consult, ooh, consulting company. It's chill. Yeah, I'm good. So, so let's talk about that. What is okay. the consulting company? How did this come about? Right. In relation to Greener Good and sort of moving on from yeah. So what we we're just talking about basically, um, I really saw a need for people like on the individual level. My my background isn't in like making new legislation or like working with in like institutional change but i found a lot of success like within my friend groups and within my family um to be able to speak with people in a way that like a doesn't isolate or alienate anyone doesn't make anyone feel like shit but really like invites people into the conversation and be like yeah you know what? like i could probably i could probably buy something different next time i go to the grocery store like i could probably bring a bag like i could probably buy my own coffee mug or whatever and making things really digestible and accessible for people and that's where i found a lot of success and that's also where i got like the most amount of like energy from i got like a lot of excitement when people would message me on instagram being like you've inspired me and my boyfriend to like every monday we're making meals together without red meat and i'm like f yeah like that's so great i don't know why i'm not swearing but f uh, yeah f yeah <laughs> frig yeah folks this is one of the things that i appreciate appreciate about you mm. um especially just living together is mm -hmm. that uh, you know as strongly and uh, like as strongly as you feel about all these ideas and mm -hmm. like as passionate as you are you're never i never feel like you're like there's uh like this overwhelming like, pro a, like a projection <laughs> like onto everything that i'm doing mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit yeah i, I mean like <laughs> with you more though because you i mean like me. i mean she makes comments about it and it's like it's well known like what right. she, what she's like, all about if, but if but robbie's it's never going like, to the store i'll be like don't forget your bag yeah, but, but I, I never, but I never like, feel like like these like I, like ideologies and mm -hmm. such are like being projected onto me at all times. I appreciate times. that. Yeah. Thanks, Rob. I think well, kind of what I've realized, and maybe Trav makes me like revert back to like my younger, more angry self sometimes because I know him so well and I know we're just gonna keep being friends, so I'm like not as scared to make you a angry at me. But um, what I've really realized is when I feel the most frustrated and when I'm like projecting so much like frustration on people's inaction, it's really when I feel that inaction in myself. So a few months ago, especially when I like wasn't getting my business started and I was really frustrated with being like, okay, I just have this Instagram and like not really feeling genuine about it and all these things. Like that's when I was being really frustrated with like my parents eating red meat or like my parents like being terrible at recycling or wh whatever, like whatever it was, it would be like this super big trigger where I'd be like so pissed off. But then what I realized is like, I'm just projecting my inner frustration outwardly. So what I did is I just like literally took all of that energy and put it inward. And I was like, I don't really have a right to tell anyone else what to eat or to, what to do and, until like I feel like I'm really at my best self. And even then I don't really have the right to tell yeah. anyone. So what I do is like, I just want to be the absolute best example for what the world I want to see is. So I do my absolute best. Obviously I still make mistakes 
and the positivity that I get from from doing that I feel like is way more inspiring and invites way more people into having conversations where they don't feel like they're going to be judged by me rather than before where like somebody be like is this recyclable I'm like yeah you fucking moron like you know what I mean I was like so much more quick to anger about it let, and that was let, really just like my frustration let's highlight that for a second and okay. like that's the reason why I other than our friendship right why I, <laughs> I support you right and why I think I support your business and why I consistently tell you that this is what you should do definitely is because I think your uh, temperament is the temperament mm. to approach all these issues thank you because you care about it and totally. it's clear that you're literally like bleeding hard about everything <laughs> thanks but you have the reasonable temperament and it's also right. the temperament that allows us to be friends on things yeah definitely um and what you just said i think is is like if there is an advice to give anyone who cares about anything out there totally it's exactly that any outward criticism you make is entirely a to do with of yourself. Yeah, totally. It's entirely to do with inner in, in, inner inadequacies, feeling that you're not doing enough, feeling that uh, you know, which is a hard thing to look at yourself in the mirror with sometimes, especially when I'm seen as being this like really perfect environmentalist all the time, and people are always like, oh, like what about this? What about this? And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like almost living a lie because I bought this thing in plastic. Yeah, or like, like, oh, you I know what I mean? I, I would feel carpool, so much guilt about it. I didn't carpool it. this time up exactly. north. Like, but it's impossible to be perfect. And yeah, that's it, kind of where my business actually found the most success in, especially in like my idea generating was just like, okay, let go of this notion of like what the perfect environmentalist is and now make it basically like this thing that can fit anyone's life if you just actually feel like you can try. If we were all, if the entire planet was all the imperfect environmentalists that the you The world are, would be an incredible spot. Right. Yeah. And, and I think the thing that you said that I think resonated greatly is take that outward energy and compassion that, that wanting to criticize other yeah. people and remember that you have no fucking right no, to totally. criticize a single person no matter if they're and you also don't know people's stories right you don't you, i remember thinking like oh there's no there's no excuse for everyone not to be vegan and then i ended up reading this article about this woman that has dealt with um like eating disorders and orthorexia anorexia bulimia her whole life and she's like if i she's now a nutritionist and she speaks she eats predominantly plant-based but she was like if i start doing this thing where i cut back each thing in, of food it's actually going to trigger my eating disorder and as much as i care about the animals and i care about the planet mm -hmm. i have to care about my own mental health first for me to even be an advocate for those things and i was like oh shit like people have complex stories and people are really complicated and for me to project that every single person needs to eat the same way is not only so privileged but it's so entitled to be like everyone has to be exactly like me no you don't but if you care about these things there are small steps that you can take within the framework well, of your life well it's education yeah exactly every anytime we talk about major change mm -hmm. people like to talk about policies spending and, and and all of that always inevitably fails definitely without education and what you're doing now is education right non-threatening education because you there's there's people in canada and u.s that either for money reasons education reasons totally Accessibility. People accessibility. live in food deserts where they literally can only get like cans of meat and things yeah. like that. Like or I'm, I'm going to tell that person that they have to go to Whole Foods. I'm like, sorry, they're no. not going to be able to get organic, whatever. Yeah, veggies. Like they got to feed four children. They're On, getting like, frozen a few pizzas a day, for sure. And and so like it's it's more about education because. On a big scale, once the the general masses start to move towards healthier foods, yeah. that's what's also going to trickle down into affordability. Totally. Because it's just affordable versions of the healthier foods. Definitely. So what you're doing now with this consulting company is, mm -hmm. an, is an idea that we broached a Probably while like ago. a year ago, yeah. And you said, oh, I got this idea. Like, maybe I, sh maybe I should, like, consult at businesses. Yeah. And then you ended up shelving that for a while. Mm -hmm. Why? 
So well, well, wait. Sorry, did you talk about how uh, what the greener good is first? What this is pre greener good. This is pre greener good. Even before I started, I okay. initially released an ebook last November, and it was basically probably just before that launch that I had talked to Trav, and it was just like I really feel like I'm good at speaking to people, and I feel so strongly about this. Um, and it basically got shelved. Honestly, I think a lot of it was just like really self doubt, struggling with the idea that like. Um, why would somebody want to come to me for that kind of advice? Mm -hmm. And then now I'm in this place where I'm like, I know exactly why somebody would want to come to me with this. I, I know my worth. I know that. Where did that shift come from though? Um, honestly, a lot of like inner, inner work. Um, I started meditating in the mornings. I started journaling a lot more and really just like unpacking why I felt like people wouldn't want to listen to me. Do you think it was anything to do with the house meetings? The, like the, the general kind I think, of, like I think that might've house? helped, but I think in general, I wasn't really like, I was expecting, I read this quote that was like, stop waiting for everything else in your life to be perfect, to find contentment, like find contentment. Then those things will fall into place. What's contentment? Not contentment, but like, I'm um, like inner peace kind of like, I was okay. kind of being like, I'm going to be happy when I find this job. I'm going to be happy when I start making this amount of money. Instead of, I was like, I just need to find, like this happiness and like this stillness in this, like being present basically and like being okay with where I'm at now. And then those things will fall into place. So I, instead of like, just like being like, oh, I'll be successful in X amount of years or X amount of months or whatever. I was just like, no, I'm successful now. And I'm like, these things are gonna fall into place. Um, but a lot of it was just like basically, yeah, putting to rest this idea that people didn't want to hear what I had to say and knowing that they do. Um, and that took like a, a few months of really like, mm -hmm. yeah, working well, on myself. Well, you even had this, I don't even know if you remember, but years ago before we even lived together, you had this exact idea. I did, yeah. And it was on a smaller scale. I wanted to do like homes. I wanted to do like yeah. home consulting and like going shopping with people and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which again, it's- you've It was always, like a seedling of, of yeah, this Yeah, a idea. seedling of this idea, which is where you're at right now, which mm -hmm. is the greener good. Right. Which as you said, started with an ebook, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah. It's just simple stuff. It's like, hey, like, did you know that if you bring a reusable cup to coffee over yeah. the course of a year, you can remove- Like 280 coffee cups from the landfill. Small, just small, literally Super. small daily changes can do all this. And I was like, you know what? That's cool. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, totally. It's it's no difference. Like obviously if you're in a rush, if right. you're whatever. But yeah, my like, brother is the same. He has a reusable cup and sometimes he doesn't use it, but for the majority of the time he does and that's better than him never using if it. If your brother can do any eco changes, anybody can. Because totally. your brother is identical to all your of our lifestyle. friend group, my yeah, lifestyle. Totally. Um, and then so you started developing the idea a bit more. Right. And I remember you came to me one day and you're like, I know if I know someone that works at this company mm -hmm. and you know the the company has an eco team right. but it's run by a uh, not entry level, but it's run by like a like somebody a, that like knows that sustainability younger, is yeah. important, but has no idea it's, about it, the yeah, process. It's, young, it's run by a younger, uh, usually younger member of the staff because the yeah. older gener generation is at, isn't as in the eco world, right? And they're tasked with being the eco person for this large company, this large right. office, exactly. and, and running the small eco team. Yeah, and they they were talking with you, and you're like this is exactly where I can help. Right. And the fact that she had come to me, she approached me at an event and she was like, she saw me as an authority in the mm -hmm. space. And she was like, I've been elected to be in this position and I really feel like I could do a lot of change here, but I don't know where to start. And then I was like, okay, for you to even approach me about this and feel like I could be an authority in this space means that I'm already there. Means yeah. that people already know, like at least in my my wider friend group and of networking, um, that my social media is speaking to people, my website is speaking to people, and that it is conveying the message that I want, which is like, you don't have to be 
like a full vegan going to protest, doing all these things to even try. You can just be at wherever you're at. And that's kind of like my byline where it's like meeting your your online eco community that meets you exactly where you're at. Like you don't have to all of a sudden like operate your entire life. The changes are going to be implemented into your life already. So you don't have to do like a huge overhaul. They're already right. going to just be like quick changes that you can do. Well, to it, was, implement. It, it was simple stuff. Like you said, right. like you're if you really we're think not changing, about it, we're not changing the wheel here. We're just like, you're already buying coffees, bring mm -hmm. a mug. And and this is, this is another version of, of also, I thought it was good on a capitalist front. Mm. Um, companies, companies can pay well. Mm -hmm. They have big discretionary budgets for stuff like this. Right. They are the people that can pay you uh, what you're worth. Right. Exactly. And this is also, this is a, a good example of where it's a win-win. Like mm. you can get paid and be an environmentalist right be like it, it's not shameful totally and i think that's where the market is going like even with all these new restaurants opening up like new businesses that are so much more mindful about stuff like this how offices are being designed there's obviously a place in the market for for people to learn about this and for it not to be like a complete huge like really controversial talk mm -hmm. people are already kind of interested a lot of people just don't know where to take those first steps and i i, I guess i had lived in a little bit of a bubble especially in my social media where i'm following like animal rights activists, environmental activists, people that are living on the front lines all the time. And I'm like, oh, everyone's like on this new up and up, like everyone understands this. And then I have conversations with like my family friends and they're like, okay, so what's recycling about? And I'm like, holy shit, like you're mm -hmm. like 10 years behind where I thought everyone was. So I was like, okay, let's simplify this in like a, a non-condescending, like not ego forward, like just like, hey, everyone needs to make these. I use a lot of like we and our statements in our my like Instagram and in my blog posts and stuff like that to be like, it's not like me prophesizing to people mm -hmm. being like, I know everything. You can too. It's like, yeah. no, we are a community of people that need to get our act together. Like, let's all work on this together. Like, it doesn't need to be you're perfect. You're offering but, advice. You're offering yeah. tips. The second you tell people what to do, you're a hypocrite. Right, totally. The second you make <laughs> proclamations, you're a hypocrite because right. no, one, no one lives by... And it's I don't know people's stories. Points. And I think that's the biggest part is like, I don't know what kind of life you're living. So like whatever resonates with you, you can incorporate and whatever doesn't, you can move on. But like the information's there for you and it hopefully in an accessible and like somewhat entertaining way. And it, and as Travis, like we've made a lot of jokes about it, but I think I do offer a little bit of a unique perspective because I am like a pretty approachable like half decent looking human instead of like there's a lot of eco-friendly accounts that are like just of like a mug and mm -hmm. it's kind of like more of objects right. and i'm kind of like i'm living it well which i think is a little bit more unique compared to other environmental the, forward uh instagrams or social medias before we skip ahead into that we'll wrap up the greener good thing sure um so this this is a good experiment of turning a passion that a lot of people would seem is not a way to make money. profitable profitable right. into profitability mm -hmm. and also doing way more for your cause than being a frontline right um which i can still do but I th yeah i understand right, but it, i mean full-time frontline totally, yeah. ground troop and just just for everyone can you sum it up in a couple sentences what what you're working yeah, on cool. right now right, totally good idea so um my my business right now it's the greener good consulting i'm working in partnership with my friend annie who um, has a sustainable gene company uh, called Simply Suzette. And the two of us are reaching out to businesses and schools. Um, we're doing like customizable workshops where we're gonna be presenting information either to already established green teams or eco teams that are in businesses or schools or just to workshops within the classroom or office um, and just providing like super accessible, really engaging workshops for people to incorporate sustainable things into their everyday life. We're gonna have like zero waste kits for sale, like coffee mugs, that kind of stuff. 
Um, what is a zero waste kit? So basically what we kind of realized is that a lot of people don't know how to just like make the things that they own zero waste or maybe they do, but they don't know how. So it would be like a mason jar, like some cutlery, a straw, like super like things that they can keep at the home or, or at, sorry, at their office or in their school so that they're not always relying on like takeout cutlery and stuff when they're going for lunch and things like that. Yeah. So that we kind of figured if they have that stuff always with them and they have ownership of it, um, then that would be like a fun way of kind of incorporating zero waste like um, actions into their lives. I mean, before humans were capable of manufacturing plastic straws yeah. and spoons and forks and everything on such a large scale, mm -hmm. like, I mean, this is probably what they did. Of anyways, course, they would right? have like a handkerchief and they would have like a container. Yeah, but they also used to poop and throw it out windows. Okay, like, I think you guys are talking about two very different timelines. I know, I know, but I'm just saying like, <laughs> Rob, like using history as a reference there. But, but No, but, but he's just saying like, there, there is a way for us to live without you, plastic. You used to use leeches to, to treat the flu, my dude. Yeah. No, but, but blood, I, what, blood, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, is that we're, we're probably, it's like, it's sort of like you're going back. This return. You're sort of returning In back. In some ways, to, yeah. We kind of want to simplify these things. We've just gotten so used yeah. to these like highly convenient uh, mechanisms that I think we don't actually realize how easy it is to live without those things. It just seems really out there right now, but it soon won't be. Uh, no, and I like the idea because <clears throat> no matter no matter what, if it's a big, big business with, a, mm -hmm. with an eco team and you make a small change, because that's really all you can really influence in a big uh, business as a consultant like that, because right. you're not coming in and, and overhauling their packaging, their, no, our, their our trucking. Goal, their, you know right. I mean? We're not down. doing infrastructure where we really want to find success is like we think if we inspire There's, the individual, that ripple effect will be far more powerful, like like that like legacy piece, right. that like legacy of like bringing that home, bringing that to wherever you are. I think that's an important comment to make on here. She's not going to a company and saying, hey, change your packaging, do this, do that, because there is full consulting teams to do that. And of course. those companies are now incentivized by eco dollars to right. do that stuff. But you think that um, going in there and talking to the employees right. about their day-to-day -day stuff will just, even if you make a small percentage change in a company with tens and tens of thousands of employees, right. you can make this huge well, movement and it also trickles down to their friends, their, their kids, family, their, family, their kids. Of course. Outside about, of the workplace yeah, as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And mm -hmm. that's what we kind of think. Like We think of like, if you eat three meals a day, you consume two coffees a day. If you, if you drive to work and back every single day, like those kind of things um, have huge lifetime consequences either positive or negative right um over the course of an entire person's life so if we can inspire somebody to even make a very small change and they take that with them throughout their life and again inspire their kids inspire their coworkers, inspire family members like for mm -hmm. me that's a legacy piece that's really powerful rather than just doing an infrastructure change at the company level that isn't necessarily inspiring but maybe more seen as like a a greenwashing technique to be able to raise their costs or and, whatever and it's good that you're you're going to try to also tar target uh, middle schools for mm -hmm. like just like low cost as a speaker to come in to bring in to, to talk to kids and as you said these eco packages and, and stuff like that and even if it's small businesses like you know many friends that have small Definitely. operations with them you can be the eco consultant that goes hey why don't Definitely. we look at the whole system why don't we do a yeah. whole package here we want to do like small small waste audits again on the personal level not mm -hmm. infrastructure like not on the entire company but you can level, do infrastructure for smaller companies of course that's yeah. What, yeah absolutely like friends friends run, that run companies with 10 or 20 employees totally like that yeah we're, we're super excited about it and we know like just even from the success that we've gotten from like um, like this, uh, both of our social medias and kind of like dropping this at social events, the response has been super positive, which is really exciting. So we're excited to see where it goes. 
Um, and and the, the final thing is about that business and the thing that you still will have to battle on the one side is mm. what's also going to segue us into the next topic is the, still the raw capital incentives. Right. The real reasons why people would bring you into an office and stuff like that. You're still going to have to figure out why this is meaningful to a company. Right. Other than just morale in the future and the planet right you know maybe it's finding some advantages to going green that are even monetizable yeah finding finding like re- reduction in turnover rate of employees like mm-hmm. whatever stats and stuff you can find to make it saleable to them but also in terms of outside of the company game like you said on the whole personal side with the instagram another thing that i we've had conversations about and that you asked me about a lot is, is how you look in photos. Not like, do you look good or bad, but no. do you look too provocative? Is this sexual? Right. Stuff like this. Am I using the Instagram wrong? And the way I always thought about it is like... Flaunt what you got. Yes. You don't, you don't have control over what the rest of the world makes pervy and sensitive, sexual. Right. And if, and if it's going to get you eyes to a cause and it's right. just you looking like you, which happens to be an attractive girl, uh-huh. it's not, it's not like you don't have to go out of your way to be like, cover this or like, you know what right. I mean? Like, it's just like, use it. If you're going to turn perverts into ecology, e- e- eco people, or- then I'm ecologists. <laughs> they're going to get their ecologist. PhD. Yeah. <laughs> they like one of my experts. posts. They're like, holy shit, I got to go to school. But you know what I mean? Like, like get eyes. Yeah. And you, and you were kind of struggling with this for a bit. Well, but I think I would just, I was nervous because I didn't know. I, I want to brand myself in a way that feels natural to me. And there were times where I was like posting pictures where I was like, yeah, I look beautiful or I like, I look whatever. And I, I understand what my caption would be. or I understand what I'm trying to get across, but is it distracting? Yeah. Like, is it taking away from my message? And I think that's where Travis and I disagreed a little bit at the beginning was like, okay, if I'm posting this picture of me and like a little scarf or whatever, um, and yeah, like I, I think it's a really nice picture of me, but is it taking away or is it decrediting what I'm saying? Like, does it taking away like my, my authority in the post? And that's actually what I think is like a little bit of internalized like sexism. Cause I think you can also be sexy and intelligent. Yeah. That's the thing is like, you were worried that being attractive meant that like you didn't have, like, a, we get you, it. Yeah, you didn't have anything to say. <laughs> yeah. Like if I'm, if as a guy, yeah. I don't have the same pressures that you do. Right. Totally. If I'm hot shredded and X, I can be all those things at the same time. Right. But you see and hot, you are, Travis. You see hot, <laughs> you see hot doctors. You know yeah. what I mean? Doctors flexing and everyone's like, that's what? dope. Good yeah, for yeah. you. And you're yeah, like, like, oh, I'm worried doctor. that if I just post attractive pics that nobody's going to take. And it's true. Seriously. Some people won't. Right. But they're dumb. Yeah, they're and dumb. And they also are going to look at it and then maybe that makes It'll you plant a seed, plant a seed later, or yeah. pushes you up in the algorithm. You get more right. eyes, you get more views. Right. Like use what you got yeah um i think the bottom line that i think we both got to is like i was just second guessing myself a lot trying to curate this brand like this idea of like a brand and what that meant to me and then i realized like i want my brand to feel as natural and as close to me as humanly possible and that means but that is i am a sexual person and i am a beautiful person and i'm gonna post pictures that i think i look nice in and i don't want them to be like oh i love the ocean and then it's me like naked against a wall like that doesn't make any sense but i think you can tell you know what i mean like yeah in a thrifted outfit where i also look good and I'm like, hey, I didn't use any new resources to make this outfit. That's and I sick. Look hot. And I look hot. Like you can also buy thrifted clothes that make you look sexy. I think that is to my point. But I think there is a lot of funny things on Instagram where it's like, oh, the sea gives you life. So give the life to the sea. And it's like literally a butt pick. And you're like, what? 
Right. And yeah. I, I think I was nervous about bridging, like, about like missing that. You gap. were seeing disingenuous people. Right. Where they're and you, like, you were worried that just the image made them disingenuous. Right. But no, they're just disingenuous. disingenuous. Right. I think, I think that's an important point. See through all of that with you so. because, because you have all the specs to back it up. Right. Like I'm, I, I really am living it. Like I stress about it all the time. <laughs> like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like I, I, know, I, I, remember, I do care the, about the these day things. I came in and you're like, yeah, I've just been crying all day. <laughs> like the Amazon's burning. And I was like, you're like shit. I gotta go. <laughs> shit, I gotta. I got stuff to do, but that's that's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> you're like wow. that's crazy that you care that much about yeah. that shit. Yeah. yeah. Um, no. Okay. <laughs> Literally, so, I've been crying. <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, is there before we move on to the next topics? Yeah. Is there anything else you want to leave the listeners with about green or good or about what you're doing? Sure. Plug your shit. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. plug my shit. Um. So my Instagram is the green or good. Um. But there's periods in between. So the dot green or dot good. Because there was no well on your on your on Instagram. Instagram, yeah, okay, yeah. Cool. Um, and then my website, if you want to check it out, is thegreenergood.net, and it'll link to all my other socials as well. Um, I guess my main takeaway that I want people to leave with is that you don't have to be like the perfect environmentals or even environmentals at all to care about the planet. You can like really love your cottage, or you can really love like a, your backyard, and that kind of does make you part of this movement because we want to protect all of these beautiful green spaces and what they mean to you. So. It doesn't have to be everything, but it has to be something. So pick something in your life that you care about or that you do and make it eco and you're you're killing it. Awesome. Um, that's great. Thanks. Uh, and now let's, uh, we can move on to, into some of our like more, you know, fun stuff. Uh, <laughs> what, this isn't fun? It's well, a- you know, just kind of a regular banter. No. <laughs> I, I have so a, I was getting super fucked yeah, up. Um, I have this funny question for you that happened to me the other day. Okay. And uh, so I'm I'm late for hockey, mm-hmm. and I walk um, I'm walking down our alleyway with my hockey bag to get to my car, and I see this these like characters standing in the alleyway like further down. Someone's holding their dog back. Oh no! I from barking, mm-hmm. and uh, there's there's like this this girl like freaking out, and there's a guy down the walkway, and I'm like, what are these gutter snipes up to? You know what I mean? <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? Like, like, what do they do? They're, they're, they're all wearing like, like, like very earthy clothes. Like maybe you would wear sometimes. Totally. And, uh, <laughs> I walk by them and I'm not, I'm not thinking it's anything nefarious, but I'm just like, uh, like what are these, like what are these fucking playing? bongo players up to? <laughs> I hop in my car and I start driving towards them. Cause that's how I have to got to get out. And this girl comes in front of my car and she stops me. She's looking panicked and she's like, no, like ah, and she's pointing at me and I'm in my car and I'm like, what's going on right like and she's talking to someone just pointing at me and uh i roll down the window i'm like i i, I gotta go to hockey <laughs> and she comes up to the window and she goes you gotta you gotta help there's a there's a squirrel right there and it's dying and you're already like i don't give a shit and i'm <laughs> like i'm like cool i won't run it over don't worry mm-hmm. i gotta go to hockey and she goes no you have to run it over. <laughs> it's dying. It's like convulsing and like spitting up blood and stuff. Like you have to put it out of its misery. Dear God. Yeah. And I'm there and I'm like, I really don't want to. Yeah. You know really I mean? rather not. But I, I, you know why you don't want to? Because you don't want to get blood on your car. I don't want to get squirrel guts all over my car. <laughs> and it's dying anyway. And like, fuck. And uh, she, she goes, no, I'm not letting you leave until you, you have to do it. I love this girl. And um, I'm like, okay okay all right (laughs) oh my god so i'm like i've turned the corner and i see this squirrel there and like her guy is standing there and uh i'm like am i lined up okay 
And like I was oh thinking God. as I'm pulling up to it, do I slow roll it? Is that I'm just gonna like or do I like You gotta slow roll it. Yeah, but movie theater guess, popcorn yeah oh my god i hate this story Dude, I, so much i uh well that's the thing is like not because you had to kill it i understand that it had to die but just the whole situation is gross well so i get close to it i'm like i'm not slow rolling it and i hammer the gas yeah i guess that's probably better and uh i think i missed half of it no. but it it blew up fucking hell <laughs> And uh, I was like, I rolled, I rolled past. I look in the rear view and I just gave a thumbs up and I just went on my way. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> but my question is to you is what's the right move there? Your move was the right move, unfortunately. Yeah. You think so? That's You the, can't that's let animals the... suffer like that. It was obviously going to die. I wish that it didn't happen like that with somebody that didn't, didn't, didn't give a shit like you because you thought it was so funny. I didn't think it was funny. I thought I was getting guts all over my car. Right. And I, hated I guess that's it. also a problem. But I, yeah, I don't know. You got to kill it. You can't. You, you got to kill it. You eh? can't keep that. You got to kill it. I think. Uh, why me though? They, I don't know. They can Maybe hit it with a best. rock. They can hit it with a yeah, rock. Why well, that's too, deal with it. That's too personal. That's terrible. Plus, plus you had to go down the alleyway anyways. You're mm. going to make her hammer it. She was obviously upset and she would have lived with that her whole life. You just find this hilarious. You're going to forget about it in two days. Uh, I'll never forget the sound of old squirrely crunching oh my god <laughs> sometimes i wake up at night and i see a squirrel at the end of my bed half flattened <laughs> you did this to me. <laughs> i mean it depends what kind of squirrel it was was it yeah. like no, like it red squirrel what like a racist squirrel no, yeah because no, no, the red squirrels are pests you know they're all pests squeaker well, squeak well, some of them squeaker. are more squeak. some of them are more pesty than others like like chipmunks. okay well the same thing with humans and we can't just go on around using that <laughs> i'd run over a few humans i think yeah you definitely um you okay fuck. that was just a funny story that i thought that I, i'd story. save for uh your eco brain to wrap it around because there's that. a lot of challenging eco questions out yeah. there and that's the hardest hitting one that's the hardest hitting one i know yeah. is it okay to run over when they're already hurt. Oh my god! Did I tell you the story of when I was, <laughs> I was in. Uh, I don't want to keep hearing. I was in Muskoka and the the it just rained on a really hot day and the road got super hot and uh, obviously a, a total toad, toad fest came out and inhabited the hot steaming road and this is nighttime and I'm cruising down in my car and all of a sudden I hear. <laughs> <laughs> I look forward and I've just run over like 30, 30 toads. Oh my God. And I slow down to a stop because I'm looking ahead and the entire road is toads for maybe as far as I can see. Right. And the question is, you know, do you turn around and not go to your destination or do you murder a few hundred more toads? toads yeah. Because you have to get to where you're going. You obviously, you obviously got to where you were going. <laughs> Um, so at first I started like doing like hard swerves, like just going slow, trying to go around toads. There was a lot of already exploded toads, obviously from previous traffic. Right, so I yeah. tried to keep those lines, but inevitably you caught a couple. You, I caught a lot. Right. Lost it was, a lot of great men out there. And I'll never forget this one toad. And I'll I, never forget this I'll one come, toad. I'm coming around a turd and it was a big toad. It must've been the size of like a... A softball. Okay. You know oh. what I mean? And oh. it's, it's face sideways on the road, but it's looking at me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I gave you that little turnover, right? You know how they do? That's a good toad. And uh, I just remember- You know how they do? <laughs> I remember I've killed so many toads at this point. I'm really distraught. Yeah. And I take this turn and I swerve a big group of toads and I pop this one big guy and I started crying. 
Travis. <laughs> I was just—I got to my buddy's place. I was not place. that. I thought he was gonna like celebrate when he caught the big one. No, that's really nice. I killed so many toads. Right. Like you. Why were no there so many toads in this I area? I don't know. And it was—it wasn't just as far as I could see. It was every turn between here and my buddy's place. Yeah. I get—I get to my buddy's place, and I wasn't like sobbing. I'm not like it wasn't a Titanic, but right. I had tears coming down you were from, a bit traumatized you i was a bit traumatized yeah. i remember just getting to their house and they're like dude what's up have a beer and you're like i'm, I'm like, a murderer <laughs> i'm like you haven't seen what i've seen <laughs> i've killed so many toads. you're like give me 10 beers yeah Forget about all dude, this. there was legs like stuck in the grill oh in the hole oh my god oh. was toad your fast. car has seen some stuff it was okay it was my dad's car okay. thanks neil <laughs> thanks neil um but yeah funny stories <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I think uh, wrap it up with tips for your twenties. Yes, our sure. final segment. And what was the tip we were gonna speak about today? Okay, so uh, Kristen, being our local in-house woman, um, I am one of those. Yeah, she helps us a lot with uh, stuff like emotions, emotions, and feelings, Not being a monster, and yeah. and uh, <laughs> sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so you know, you, you know, know. <laughs> <laughs> that makes it seem really <laughs> nasty. Yeah. It gets crazy up in this house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the uh, <laughs> the question is, as a, and you also this is a good question too because you're you're also a feminist, right? Sure. I mean, you should be too. You want me to be equal, right? Yeah. Don't say anything else. That's all we. Want. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, I just meant in, in terms of like. No, I get it. Everything else. Yeah, just don't qualify it. We're good. And so, uh, what is your thoughts? Yeah about going to university with and getting a boyfriend or girlfriend or staying single the whole time? I think this is a great question. I think this Thank is you. a good question because I started in a relationship at the end of high school being like, we're going to be together forever. Dumb idiot. You believe that? I believe. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, you know, when you're in a relationship, I, I guess not for you, but whenever I've been in like a good relationship, I'm kind of just like, oh, that's you a good that that little shirt. Shot. <laughs> subtle shot. Um, but I, yeah, things were, things were good. Well, they weren't, but you know what I mean? We broke up like very soon after. We broke up like a day after prom or something. But mm. um, I thought going to school with with a boyfriend would be a great idea. And then obviously not. Then started seeing Chris. Yeah, our buddy who's yeah. also been on the podcast. Yeah, but shout then we- out. Shout out, what up? Um, but then we thought it would be a better Thanks idea. Thanks for the dates. <laughs> yeah. Well, we were like, yeah, we're super into each other, but we want to go into university without any limitations. And we were like, being in a relationship, especially because we were far apart, would not be a good idea. So we were kind of like, we still care about each other, but we're not going to date exclusively at all we'll just like see how this each other was a are summer doing. before university yeah exactly so when we got to school it was like yeah we checked in with each other we like talked a lot but we like we were still hooking up with other people and stuff like that mm-hmm. which i think was a good balance definitely made me like um like it's harder easier said than done obviously um but i'd say i would go probably single the whole time not the whole time but i think like at the very least understand that like your relationship is important. And I think if you stay in a relationship that like allows you to fully grow, fully experience everything, some people just like aren't as like sexually explorative or whatever. And that's fine too. But if you want to go into it and have like a lot of new first experiences and not have like potentially the limitation of a relationship, at least going into university with a uh, being single or at least like very open to exploring new things is your best bet. Because I think if you go into it in a relationship that you started out in high school, you're going to maybe revert to a lot of those same like that kind of like really high grow. school mentality. Yeah. You know what I mean? But if you go into it being like, I want to fully immerse myself in this new experience, 
the only way to really do that is to fully immerse yourself as an individual yeah. willing to grow. Sometimes you can do that in a relationship for sure. For sure. There's obviously exceptions to every rule, what but I, I think, I think like, you got to do both. And I think it's got to be, Oh, you can definitely, I think date. it's, it's got to be, I thought you meant like going into it in a relationship. No, I think you're right. Don't, don't like if you, if you have to say you have a partner and things are like unreal, things are unreal sure for sure um but I'm, I'm saying like don't try to go into school with a partner no i definitely not <laughs> and also even if that partner's unreal don't be too beat up if uh it's That's, not it's, feeling it's, unreal it doesn't work yeah um, because yeah. i think also like people can come back to relationships like a year or whatever yeah. down the line but like personal growth throughout university is is primary this well this, primary this fucked me up i remember when i was younger uh the adults in my life, a couple of lads, you know, on the golf course, you're golfing with them. And I remember this was pre-uni and all the comments were, oh, like you're going to university, like those are going to be the best years of your life. Like don't mess it up. You know what I mean? You got the rest of your life to be married. Like yeah, mm -hmm. totally. enjoy uni. And I yeah. remember being like, yes, yes, papa. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't my dad, but uh, like, yes, adults. Like yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I totally hear you. And I got to uni and I was like, single the whole, uh, it's like i'm gonna be single the whole time right and i think the i think the answer is be single a lot of it yeah maybe two-thirds if you can but i think being open to it and i i think the problem some females if i'm being stereotypical sometimes face is like feeling like being in a relationship is the goal like mm -hmm. not as much anymore like there's a lot of women that love being single i was one of them for a lot of university but um, I think sometimes, especially how things are worded is like being an attractive partner, doing this to get a boyfriend or a partner or whatever. And I think that's like a really detrimental thing is you're not focusing inward. You're focusing outward on like, what is, what is a, a potential partner want to see? What do people want to see rather than being like, I'm just going to do me and I'm going to attract whoever comes my way. If a relationship mm -hmm. starts, it starts. If it doesn't, it doesn't like get, have some good sex, move on with your life, on the but not being focused on the objective of a relationship. I like that point. Thank you. And on the contrary to what you were saying about being single, majority of the time, uh, I remember one of my friends was talking about it. But uh, I, some people in uh, in school who maybe aren't as social or didn't have as many social privileges as we did uh, within like the the fraternity or friend mm. groups, and you know, sort of having these established relationships for after university as well. Um, because uh, you just you get thrown into a job and then maybe you're in a right. new city and stuff. Mm. Uh, I like using my, it as a, a place to meet people. Well, yeah, like a partner. Because, I because, see my, because my one friend was like, I oh, like, you. you know, like after university, you're going to be like focused on other stuff. Harder to and, meet you know, people. And then it's harder to meet people because like you got your job and you like you're all over the place. Like and you then you got to like work to, you know, maybe like sign up for like sports teams or yeah, like meet more new people active, in a city. You have to really actively you make more it. of an active effort, right? Yeah, totally. I still think I you think can meet your partner in uni. Yeah, or even I'm before. I'm just saying, like, totally. like, go in there single. Like, if, if you could choose what you want to do, first year, second year, whip that, that dick that's, out. That's all you. Yeah, whip, whip that vag out. Whip that vag out. <laughs> Let it fly. Like, yeah. figure yourself out. Have some fun. Um, I feel like you're so young and naive, first and second year. To even know what you want in a relationship yeah. is like, LOL. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm not even taking my own advice. I had a, I had a relationship... Um, three out of the five years I was at school. Right. So technically I, I did the opposite, <laughs> but that's, uh, but like still I got enough single time. Totally. And I was also kind of like single in high school, had some fun then. And yeah, definitely. I've been single after. So yeah, like, I, been doing all right. like I, I've had those social advantages that you say that maybe a lot of people don't have, but right. say you yeah. don't, 
So but not- you can still use that. I think I think to both of your point, you can use that social, like that social pool of university. Be good at keeping up with people. Be good at like, if you are in a new city or whatever, and you remember that there was a really cute person that you really like that's like close by, keep up those networking. You know what I mean? Right. Because like even my partner now, like he and I knew each other since high school, but we only started dating like a year ago. You can kind of like keep up to date with people. It's, it's like... Without dating them, like as soon never, as you meet somebody. You'll never be in a, a time period in your life where there's thousands of people your exact age of the opposite sex right. that are in the same stage of life, likely yeah. single. So look at it two ways. This is also your one opportunity to... Really a, experience, a, a, experience a lot things. of new things, yeah. And this is also your one opportunity to have the largest pool of opposite gender to choose for or your partner. Or same gender, depending on your shit. Or same gender. I keep forgetting about the, the, the other side of the coin. But yeah. yeah um, so like, I think in terms of how most people do it, not us. I think a lot of people hop in there, get a girlfriend, go through uni and don't realize it the time they had right and that relationship doesn't necessarily work a lot of times right. and then well, they fine. find you, themselves you can learn a lot from those relationships obviously but then you kind of get out of it and you're scrambling to be like wait i have to almost yeah, start over in this new single and, and now a lot you're of people like, are shacking up what you just said rob and you didn't even get to f- have the university time either right so i think it's like like a mixture like you said but keep like, track fo- of all these focus, focus on, on inward though like focus on yourself like focus yeah, like on these that. new experiences like don't be focusing on like, that's a more of a girl oh, thing because i think guys are focused on themselves very well, sure easily. i mean maybe yeah i 100 guys are pretty focused probably, on probably themselves more yeah so, but i'd say like in general like the relationships will come but like use university or college or whatever you're doing as like you time you know what i saw towards the end of my i saw in the five years i was at school and the years i worked in london after school i saw a massive shift in female culture mm. Uh, it was wild. It was like <clears throat> going into uh, university. It was still the same sort of high school feel. You have a group of girlfriends. In that group of girlfriends, there's maybe one girl that you like that likes you, and then that's who you get to hook up with or be with. And her friends are all off limits, and mm. they kind of respect that. And same for the girl. If she hooks up with one guy in a house, she's not hooking up with any of his friends or his roommates. Right. Um, <clears throat> girls generally had each other's backs, like a little bit worried about, you know, it getting out that they were hoes or stuff like that. Okay. Um, but you know what I mean? Yeah. You know exactly what I mean. And then towards the end of school with like over sexualization, like Instagram, I remember meeting girls that would come into school in first and second year and like hearing stuff like add me on Instagram instead of like take my number and stuff right. like that. And then I remember adding for them the on, clout. I'd add them on Instagram and then I hear that they this was like a common thing I heard. I'd add them on Instagram right there and they go, Oh, I look I don't I look like shit today. Like that's just this is not the real me. Like I look like shit today. Like like Oh, you mean like they were they were telling you basically that their Instagram was way nicer than them in person because they were basically they were, self, cat, yeah. they were catfishing you. Well, no, they, but they, <laughs> like this was like a line I heard. And then I also heard from a lot of the younger guys because I was a little bit out of the scene is that girls did not care as much about you know inter friend group stuff like hooking up with multiple guys in the same house right. in the same friend group guys hooking up with multiple girls in the same friend group Some, someone that i know um was <laughs> was showing me a picture that uh it, it was it was him and maybe about 15 16 17 friends of theirs all outside of this one house and the picture was uh, it was a group that had all hooked up with oh the my same God. girl. Craziness. <laughs> <Not> crazy. Craziness. <laughs> yeah. 
and I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> but I'm just saying like the shift, the, the shift is, is I think it's like, it'd be cool if eventually, cause obviously I think what happens with the pendulum is now it's becoming, you know, girls hopped into this, like we want to be sexual too. Totally. And, well, I mean, women have always been sexual. They just like weren't allowed to be right. But also it's mixed with the insecurity of Instagram totally. and it's like, they're doing it for the wrong reasons, but I think it's going to settle into the like right reasons yeah, once totally. the next generation can handle social media a bit better. Yeah. I think we're all like a lot of things socially are like in a pretty big pendulum swing where like things are kind of like overcorrecting. Always. Like this political correctiveness is going to pendulum swing. People are taking their power back almost to a fall where people can't say anything. And then things will come to an equilibrium where it's like, okay, we understand where everyone's coming from a little bit, but like things always have to overcorrect yeah, before they, they, they pendulum, but I think they pendulum into a good like direction. A zigzag, yeah. And I think it'd be cool if eventually girls got to the point where they like conquered guys, like guys used to feel like they did. I mean, women definitely talk about conquering men. Okay, but yeah, maybe you've seen my boyfriend, right? Have you seen that ass? No, yeah, he's got, <laughs> he's got that tight Spanish. Yeah, that thing's Tuckus. crazy. <laughs> um, also, I'd be curious to, th to see what you think of Dave Chappelle's new special. I watched some of it, which was like an open, like. Letter. Did you watch it this morning? No, no, I just read oh, okay. some articles. Uh, yeah, yeah. I read a very objective news source on it, um, Vice News. The worst. Yeah. And the they said worst. that uh, Dave Chappelle's new special is an absolute skip. Yeah. Because can... it, I mean, was it was lazy. It was a little lazy. And it was uh, misogynistic. And people are. And I Googled the writer's thing. advice that Googled it, and I could, that's their voice, if you know what I mean. Yeah. What? I mean, people are entitled, like you said, people are entitled to their own opinions, but, you know, it seems that vice gets it's, 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 it seems to strike these like annoying opinions on most topics it's, it, well because you disagree with them they're annoying but i don't disagree oh i do disagree but um i also don't even if I, on either side i don't give any value to these writers even if it was a good review or a bad review right well it's so it's so subjective right. that it's like okay cool and then the day i fucking ever put any emotions on a vice writer or like a pro right-wing writer about right a, about a, anything but um i did read some of his jokes and i thought that they were quite funny, quite funny. <laughs> can yeah, you enjoy okay. those knowing or feeling what you feel um yeah it kind of depends i i often really like controversial humor because i think it's like a really good way of like seeing where people are at like socially and culturally like i, I like enjoy those things but i also enjoy it for what it is Sometimes I don't find it funny, but that's either because like I don't like the setup or I do think it's lazy. Like I think like sometimes like when people like fall back on like a lot of race and gender stuff, like it's not because I'm like, oh, I can't laugh about stuff like that. So like sometimes I just like find it a little bit lazy. But there are also like Joe Coy, for example, or like Chris D'Elia. They make jokes about shit like that all the time and I'm howling. Because they're good at it. Yeah, it's like more of like, I, think, I, I enjoy their style. I think Chappelle is, is good at it as well. I don't he, think he, he was lazy He made some good analogies that for me, I did, I did enjoy some of his jokes. Some of them were a little bit much for me, but like I... I can laugh at things that also offend me. I've always thought that the the true measure of equality is being able to make fun of everybody. I agree. And I'm sure that the transitionary periods are tough and you can't just go right out and just make fun of people hardcore that well, are maybe I think aren't. when people are like trying to like claim their space in society where they feel like they've been in the shadows for a really long time, it's hard to also then make fun of those people as though they've been around 
out in the right, world for a I mean. really long yeah, time yeah. so they're like okay like we kind of just got to the party like can you guys go easy on us for like a fucking second you know what i yeah. mean because they don't really feel like they're in a place where they can get made fun of like no well, they it, definitely aren't yeah yeah but i'm saying like when you go to a party and somebody starts making fun of you and you're like oh that kind of means that they like me yeah you know what i mean i don't think they've people they in, haven't been cool enough to know that that's a cool thing to be made fun of sure cool or just like included for socially long cool, socially like, included like publicly enough, yeah. included but I think like it will get to a part point where like everyone knows that it's a fact that everyone's included in that because then it becomes funny. Like it's almost like when you're when your girlfriend's dad starts making fun of you, you're like, all right, it's cool. Like yeah, he, we're he tight. likes me. Like we're, we're tight. tight. But then if people if he, like he starts making a joke, but then he's like cutting a little bit too real, and you don't feel like you belong there, you're like, oh shit, he hates me. You know what I mean? Like it, it, it the joke can you. be the same. Yeah. But I think how it's interpreted can be differently. So it can be different. But I think, yeah, I think you're But we're right. getting to a better point. We're hitting the far side of a pendulum, I think. Yeah, totally. And then it's Same thing with like, with Trump and all this crap, like the pendulum swinging <laughs> and it'll... Well, even, you know what? I, so I watched the Dave Chappelle special with Kevin last night and he even he even made a point uh, about how he's he's getting sick and tired of all you know, of, of all the... Uh, Political correctness. Or what, what's it called? Uh, or of, of like the Me Too movement and stuff and like and like the political correctness i mean and not to knock it in any way but um it, you know it, it is just getting a little bit like uh it's 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 the right. pendulum right it's getting far enough to that one side I mean, that like, where it's going to start shifting backwards being annoyed again. about people telling you that they've been assaulted is like the peak amount of like never being assaulted <laughs> like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like i think enduring it physically is way more traumatic than hearing about all these stories so you can like sit for another year or two while people come out and have to air their grievances I know you want to say something, but no, I just, you just brought up the exact joke he made that the vice article brought up. That was apparently insensitive. But I just mean like yeah, we'll we'll just we'll leave it for we'll, you to look up. We'll leave it for you to look up right. yourself. But it was, but it was exactly point, what you point, said. It was ex- the yeah. joke exactly about the assault thing. But the thing is, um, it's still objectively funny. Sure, it can be funny, but he can still be wrong. Uh, yeah. But I, say I, but I of, understand that it's speaking to like an idea of where it's like it's gotten so far where everyone feels like they need to like say every bad thing that's ever happened to them. But it's like listening to it is far less. Do you have a question, Kev? You had your hand up, and I'm, I'll repeat it into the mic. I don't think it's what he believes in. It's part of that. Yeah. Oh yeah, he, 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 no, I, I just mean like the consciousness. Like I think he's speaking to like a feeling that other people have, so, so, and oh, he's okay. like he's making a Kevin's joke comment it. is that Dave Chappelle isn't. Um, doesn't necessarily believe all these things. He's well, setting up It's not up that he doesn't joke. believe all these things. Is that he's trying to prove that jokes are jokes and they're not beliefs. Because well, you know what? Chris Lea a- always says like that. He's like, I'm just here for a silly goose time. <laughs> yeah. And if you're here to like so, take everything seriously. Well, that's then. the thing. It, they are just jokes. Yeah, he, he doesn't... Tr- I bet you Dave Chappelle is probably one of the most genuinely good people out there probably. and would treat everyone with respect and and I think he's... Based a, on his actions that you see in the news. Right. I think he's a fairly smart dude as well and very informed because in his stand-up specials uh he always references what's going on politically in the news right like recent uh sort dude of- he did a free show in ohio after that mass shooting right where he donated the stage he brought in some celebrities right and he he just spent the entire day or his entire weekend his birthday weekend just helping people for free mm-hmm. yeah and like that's not on vice news front page I mean, there's no way for, I don't know. I don't I don't look at Vice, but I understand what you're saying. But you know saying. what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it, And then he goes out and makes provocative jokes and they go, this bastard, bastard, loser. Yeah. And that Vice writer probably full-time calls people out and has never once done maybe something Vi- like that. You know what? Right. Vice is very selective. In, I mean, well, they, it's I, a business. I, I, I guess, you, I guess you understand their incentives. News websites are, but like, 
you know, they, they're very slight. It, it used to be kind of cool, like, oh, they're going I still in. I think some of their shit is cool. Like, oh, I like when they, they interview their drug lords. Stuff is yeah, cool. you know, right? They, they used to go in and do some, like, real guerrilla style. Um, they used to be uh, journalism. Punk. Yeah. But, they but now it's just, it seems so selective with, like, emotive and, mm-hmm. I guess, political values that some people, me personally, don't really align with. I just don't like people that you make statements on either side. I don't like people that make proclamations on either side yeah. right about about how you should live in all but to that. be honest people are liked, like people are allowed to not like a comedy show i think the problem comes when, when they start, tell me to you, not like it when you start taking things so seriously that you almost start giving opinions like that more value than he even meant to give it he's just trying to be a he's trying to make a joke he's trying to comment on like something that he's finding ridiculousness or find that he thinks can like make a funny joke out of something. Mm. But when you're taking it so seriously, you almost give it more credence than it's due. You know what I mean? You like make it seem like it's a real issue. But if you're like, ha that's jokes. Then it's and now not, it moves on. Yeah. But being like, oh, people actually feel this way. That's why the world is blah, blah, blah. That's almost giving it more power than it needs. A lot more moderate people need to exist. And to follow the greener good. Like, <laughs> and, yeah. Yes. Um, no, I was just gonna say we should we should wrap it up. Yeah. Yes. Always wear condoms. Um, it's important <laughs> for sexual health, and you know you don't have a baby too young, and uh, you know that, that brings a whole abortion talking, which we yeah, can't let's, get let's into see. here. Oh, okay. we'll, we'll save that for. <laughs> so time. wrap it up. Thanks <laughs> for that, Rob. That's up. a good reminder. You should get that um, tattooed on you. Yeah. yeah. Maybe I will. Next one. Maybe I will. Um. But on that note, anything you want to plug? Any final uh, notes? Final advice. Say? Final advice. You said something earlier about advice about um, that it's just like not lame to care about the environment. No, you said something about the okay. path you're on. Ah, oh, fuck. Was it good? Yeah, we, we kind of touched on it. I think because remember I was like, oh, we need we need a tips for your twenties question, and you said just that I was afraid of what people thought, or like you said something like oh, that. Oh yeah, I don't know. I forget it. Too. Yeah, me too. I think we touch on it though, but basically just like care about the environment because we all need oxygen and clean water and air. So let's just. Mm-hmm. You, I like do, that. Do more. What you said, though, it's not lame to care about the environment. It's not. So, and um, uh, if, if we, all, we all have green spaces that we want to care about. So, mm-hmm. and she she was not able to drink our True History beer because yeah. it's uh, it's gluten. not gluten free, and she's gluten free. Otherwise, she'd be slugging it back too because oh, it's yeah, delicious. Oh yeah, been six deep. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, maybe maybe we'll tell Tompkins for his next batch. She said, "Yeah, uh, make me a nice gluten free." Try thing. some mm-hmm. like rice beer or something. Yeah, or not, but, and I'll just like break out and have a stomachache for a few days. <laughs> cool. Probably, probably worth it. But uh, Kristen, thanks for coming on the show today. Thanks, boys. We appreciate always uh, you being here. And on that note, we will see you next Tuesday.